Welcome to In My Happy Place, where we talk about being happy in your place, (laughs) which here. That's a brilliant introduction, Elizabeth. You really captured the whole zeitgeist. I I always think to myself, hey, you've done acting, you can improvise. And then I try and then I'm like, well, that didn't go well, did it? (laughs) All right. Welcome to In My Happy Place, season two. Um, Season two, episode something. Um, (laughs) Trisha's joining me as usual from beautiful Costa Rica. And I am in beautiful North Carolina. And we are mutually trying to create our happy place in this wonderful, beautiful world we live in. Yay. You sound so sincere on that. I, <laughs> I, I have can't. I have a degree in authentic acting from Harvard, <laughs> and I also have many certifications of authenticity uh, from the School of um, of um, Healing and Wellness and Love and Joy from Los Angeles. Santa Monica. You don't have any of those things. Stop lying to the nice people. I thought that I would, I thought that I could be a con man, but Uh then I tried just now and I realized I'm really not good at lying. So, (laughs) but I tried. I, um, you know, I get inspired by like, touch me if you can. I like how that guy was incredibly glorified for being like an incredible liar. And people are like, wow, he's so cool and brilliant. I just love how he's a criminal. Uh, (laughs) I like that he pretends to be a doctor, but he doesn't know what he's doing. That's so cool and sexy. So I thought I could do that too, but then it turns out I can't. Oh, also, have you ever heard, speaking of like uh, con people who pretend to be doctors, do you remember that? I think this may I think this was talked about in my favorite murder. Yes, it's this the episode guy of named Dr. Love. Yes. Dr. Yes, Love Dr. or whatever. Love. He he like did it twice. He didn't have like a medical practice twice. Like, you know, obviously like he didn't know <laughs> he wasn't a doctor and like then they let him out of jail and then he just did it again. And so they put them back in jail. And I'm like, well, well, it seems to not work, this system here. <laughs> <laughs> I have also been thinking about con men and the resurgence of con men. Remember last week how I said I needed to watch the news less, watch less of the news, watch fewer news. Watch fewer news, got it. (laughs) Need to watch fewer news reports, (laughs) fewer news shows, spend fewer hours listening to the news. So like the last month listening to the news has been kind of a joy it's just like oh things are different now people say well the president says and I don't immediately brace for something horrible and stupid and that's been a really nice change and then I turned Mm. on the news morning and I knew I shouldn't have I I was like it's the weekend let's just relax let's go outside and drink our coffee and listen to the birds and instead I turned on the news but I turned on the news this morning and it's just CPAC and it just feels like we're back in 2017 again with all these 
supporters who are just like, I don't believe anything that the news says. I believe everything is fake. I only believe what one man tells me. And I just want to hang my head and feel like it's all futile. Uh, so I am not so <laughs> completely in my happy place this morning. I am in my my life is futile place. I totally, completely can empathize with that. So first of all, touching on John Oliver, who I love, I know that he is really covering the bases and doing a really great job, not only uh, reporting on the news, but also being funny. But I know that he's doing a great job reporting on the news because sometimes when I watch his skits, I feel like my life is futile and I feel like, oh, fuck, we're just fucked. Aren't we fucked? And <laughs> that's I mean, how you I can tell. He's, I haven't he's... been able to for his new season. I watched I was like I woke up in the morning and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get my coffee before I head to my work desk. And then he talked about how this might just be like, you know, just the precursor to even worse pandemics. And I was like, yep. well, I'm giving up in life. And then I went through the rest of the day just like, I don't think I can keep going. <laughs> then I was like, okay. Okay, since this is a podcast about being in your happy place and I don't, and I feel like, I feel like you have to talk about things that, you know, really take you out of your happy place. And it's okay. You don't want to be in your happy place all the time because that's creepy. And you want to be balanced. That way you really enjoy your happy place because it's a place, it's a sanctuary for you. You don't live, you don't live there all the time. Right. So I thought about it from my perspective. So I talked I told Andrew, I said, you know, I watched this John Oliver, the new season, and he also did the new episode. And, um, you know, I said, I'm, I feel really, really, really upset. <clears throat> I just feel like well, I keep going, you know, <laughs> and he gave me, you know, because Andrew's a scientist and he gave me some really good insight, the scientific side and how, okay, this is hard. So obviously we need to do way, way better with environment, way yes. better. Oh my God. But I do think there is a propensity um, to kind of cause people like giving a doomsday uh, environmentalism can sometimes, you know, give a real doomsday spin to everything, which I know that people out there are probably like well yeah because it will be the end of us and I'm like okay yeah but if I believe that if I like just hold if I just hone in on that I'm just gonna be like well then fuck it I just fuck it then <laughs> we're done right like Elon Musk right. who I think is trying to go to Mars now I mean he's really just going he's like trying to figure out how to terraform Mars and everything so because he thinks this planet is fucked apparently uh <laughs> Um, so I think that, you know, some people need a real like kick in the ass, like, Hey, yeah, stop being so apathetic about the environment and nature and how important it is to protect it and be good stewards of the earth. But I also think there are people like me who, if you, if you do that kind of like fear mentality stuff. I just feel like, well, then what's the purpose? And I just feel like giving up on life. Yeah, I know. So, a lot of people think that I'm a, a Pollyanna because I'm always like pointing at what's going right and things that we can do to fix problems and stuff like that. And it's not that I'm a Pollyanna looking at the bright side. It's like, 
ha, I need a reason to get out of bed this morning. Because <laughs> right? Because the sense of futility is going to weigh me down. So I okay. have to look at the bright side so I, <laughs> I can head towards the light. Because otherwise, I'm just going to sit here in my own filth until I expire. Don't forget. Remember how many times the Borg told Captain Picard that resistance is futile? And guess what? He resisted, and it was not futile. It was not. <laughs> so just think about just think about that when your inner doomsdayer, there's you know the thing that's trying to keep you down and keep you from doing good in the world and living your life um, in a positive way. Just remember, that's the fucking Borg being a a fucking downer, a Debbie downer. And you just say, I'm going to Captain Picard your ass. I like how you just turn Captain Picard into a verb. I'm going to Captain Picard the situation. (laughs) Well, okay. Captain Picard is so, he is such a good example of um, being incredibly focused, uh, remaining very, he can remain very pragmatic in a situation. So he's not like flowers and sunshine. Everything's fine. But he's like, what's, you know, what can we move? What can we do to move forward? Yes, absolutely. And I think we all need to Captain Picard our day. Um, (laughs) So So uh, how are you Captain Picarding your day, Elizabeth? Okay. So back to this, like when you, when you feel, I think this, this subject is so, so appropriate for being for this podcast, because I definitely get those feelings of like, what's the point, you know, oh, if there's a worse pandemic coming, I, I, I no, I just don't, I'm no, fuck it. If this, <laughs> if this world, if this, this is why I can't watch. I really, I get incredibly triggered if I, if someone tries to get me to watch any movie that's post-apocalyptic, I get really, really upset because, and like of the zombie movies, you know, the, the zombie apocalypse movies or TV shows. I just feel like, well, I would, I mean, I would just kind of just be like, fuck it. I don't want to live in this world anyway. Yeah, I feel that way as well. Hang on. Let me pause that for a second. There's a really loud grackle. What the fuck is a a grackle? That's that. Wait, is that like a dragon? No, No, it's, it's a black bird. Um, And it's just very loud in the trees. And I'm wondering if you can hear it. I can definitely hear it, but you know what, people? You're welcome. ASMR ambiance <laughs> Costa Rica. It is some of our Costa Rican ambiance here, but I, I think it was in the last her. episode. I think it was in the last episode, too. It wants to be a guest star. He wants to be a guest. She, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to genderfy that bird. I don't know what that bird identifies as. I'm sorry. <laughs> probably a bird. It probably identifies as a bird, but I don't we like don't calling know. animals. I don't like calling animals it. So there there are some studies coming out now that basically show being around nature makes you happier. And I can oh, shocking. Know. Oh, absolutely shocking. Wow. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I'm sorry, but like if you don't know that being around nature, I mean, unless you're like, you know, stuck in the middle of the desert with no water and no food and you don't know how you're gonna live or in the middle of the ocean or whatever, I mean, then I doubt it makes you happier. <laughs> there okay I shouldn't have been so like well duh but I mean I'm speaking for myself because I love being immersed in nature as long as you feel like I mean I don't want to be immersed in nature to the point of like I need rescue a rescue team 
you want to be in nature, but you also want to have a cell phone that works so you can call someone mm, to pick you up. I don't need a phone. cell phone, but if I'm like in the middle of the ocean, I wouldn't mind a helpful pot of dolphins being like, hey, follow us. I'm like, okay. Oh, did you say, hey, follow us? I heard you say, hey, follow la. Like you're just going to start. <laughs> hey, follow la. And then the, the dolphins are like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah i love i've been watching one of my favorite things to do is watch like i love to watch shark videos on youtube oh, i love watching shark videos and then like the dolphins come and they're like hey we're dolphins and the shark is like me <laughs> <laughs> um do sharks eat dolphins i mean they're do they what do they eat the dolphins Oh, it's interesting that you say that. So, well, there was there was this um, drone footage I was watching um, of a great white shark and a dolphin who had passed away, which is sad. But and the, the sharks were all eating the dolphin, but it had already died. Um, yeah. But sharks, from what I mean, I'm not a marine biologist, but I think shark sharks they kind of have a stereotype of like they'll eat anything. They don't like humans very much. Like they they you know usually when they attack us it's because um we really wandered into their area like the ocean and uh they're like oh is that a seal and then it like tries you and then it's like ew <laughs> this is but, full of preservatives <laughs> ew um <laughs> sharks are you know they're they're the ogs of the ocean but they'll probably also feel a little like I do love sharks and they're incredible incredible creatures and we need them they're the cleaners of the ocean they provide all these services we need them also they will help give us a lot of insight um on various various things that we need insight on I've watched a lot of shark videos but I also feel like they're probably a little like a little like fuck you to dolphins because dolphins are like super smart and they love to have sex and play and stuff. And I feel like the shark is like, I'm just trying to fucking be a predator and you're over there like just being all like, I'm a dolphin and I like to like have sex and like swim around all happy. And they're so much smarter because dolphins are, you know, mammals and they're known for being very intelligent and sharks like, you know, they're fish. You're going to yell at me, but I feel like... <laughs> You just described what our dichotomy is. Like, you're... Excuse me? Did you just (laughs) call me a fucking shark? You just said that you love sharks and you're obsessed with sharks. Maybe because you're like a shark. You're just like, I'm trying to be a predator. I want to be left alone. Except when I see something that annoys me. And then I want to have full reign to kill it and eat it. They're and not trying, just, no sharks are not out there to get you. They're not, it's not like Jaws. They're not out there to sharks get Sharks are not out there to get you. They're people, just like, they I'm hungry. Are, yeah, but they are out there to kill other things. And okay, I'm they, sorry, but like so many animals are out there to kill other things. Dolphins fucking kill other things. Do they? They eat fish. Yeah, I guess they do eat fish. Did you fish. think that dolphins and, were vegetarian? Oh, God. I don't know. Whales are. So if a whale, oh, really? Every single, really, every single whale species out there is vegetarian. Really, Tricia? Yeah, they are. No, they're not. I actually know. 
Well, what? Which whale no. eats the eats killer them? whale? The killer whale eats seals. Want to know something crazy? Oh killer well, they're whale? a dolphin. Bye. Yeah, they're a dolphin. God damn they're it! A wait. Dolphin. No, there has got to be. Wait, not every whale out there is a vegetarian. No way. No, 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 no. Ah ha ha. Um, a whale shark, I believe, is an actual whale. Is it? Fuck. No, that's a shark. Well, I don't know. Why is it called a whale shark? It's very confused about its identity. Fuck you. (laughs) Wait, are all whales veg? God, it's going to be. Did you like try to look up? It says, no, whales are not herbivores. They are carnivores. Although whales do not eat the same meats as land animals, they are known to consume fish, squid, octopus, and other types of foods that are considered carnivorous foods. Okay, fine. I'm wrong. Sorry. Oh, man. Oh, man. Wait, were you trying to bullshit me and be like, that's something I know. And I looked it up and you were just seeing if I would just go along and be like, wow, okay. No, I really I always, I love to fact check people. Can I, I would, there's a, I'm trying. <laughs> no, I just no. thought whales only ate plankton. I, I've been under that impression oh, my entire life. Isn't that interesting? How you don't consider plankton enough of a of a higher life form? They don't they don't even count as meat. I, have you ever seen SpongeBob SquarePants? That's so rude. <laughs> plankton. Wait, plankton are like that's not a plant. They're a little species, right? Oh, you're right. They are. I totally was thinking that they were plant life. All right. Well, fine. I think I'm that wrong. this. I think that this episode has shown that Tricia and Elizabeth <laughs> never learned much about marine biology, even though, even though we've tried. Yes. But we we are getting better. Sharks are very important. They are not out to get you, despite what Steven Spielberg wants you to believe. Um, although they are like, oh god, so masterfully he created that. Oh. Jaws so good, but also bad because a lot of people started hunting sharks after that. Um, sharks are great, dolphins are freaking great. Let's give the ocean a big giant hug and try to protect it. Okay, I have to tell you, Trisha. Trisha, today, five hours later, today, we are (laughs) discussing grooming quarantine grooming basically and as I say this I don't know if you've seen it because we're on camera I'm walking around in my underwear <laughs> I do this every si- I know it's Saturday when we're recording this but I do this every single day <laughs> every day I walk around in my underwear <laughs> all day long I'll put on a shirt you know but I'll walk around <laughs> like I'll wear a shirt but then like no you know no bottoms, no, no pants, because I'm not fancy. And, <laughs> and I just look like grooming has, okay, I take a shower, I brush my teeth, but like putting myself together at all has, has gone out the freaking window. Yeah, it's just gone out the window. And I can't decide if that's, if that's like, oh, you know, that's, that's fine. And, you know, you don't always have to put yourself together, but I think it's again, the balance thing where I'm like, yeah, but when I put myself together, I feel better. I feel more professional. I feel just better about myself, but I wouldn't want to do it every day. Also, why? Yeah, I, I understand. 
And believe me, you are not the only person going through that right now. Like Alan, my husband, Alan, does not stand on ceremony. He does not spend a lot of time worrying about what other people think of him. Um, But one area where he's like kind of really rigid is he's he has to shave before he leaves the house. And personally, I think he looks good with a five o'clock shadow. I'm like, yeah, you're an artist. You you rebel. You don't conform to society's expectations. You let your stubble grow and you don't care who sees it. I think that the stubble and the five o'clock shadow is sexy. He will not leave the house unless he has <laughs> shaved and and put gel in his hair and he looks a certain way and he looks presentable, which to me is a little odd. I'm just like, we're, we're going, you know, we're going to go to seven 11 and, and you'll be the most well-groomed person on the street that we'll see today. So why think, were you trying? I don't to know. Maybe, maybe it's an East coaster thing. Is it? it is. Let, listeners, let us know. Is this an East Coaster thing? Because yes. Andrew also, Andrew, like, I guess, yeah, every, okay, first of all, they're men. So sometimes it's, one could say, depending on your haircut, it's easier to keep up, you know, a nice short haircut yes. than not. Uh, so basically, I mean, Andrew also, yeah, he always... Like his hair always looks like fine and he makes a point of grooming that well as where I look like some sort of electrocuted Pomeranian most of the time. And I just, <laughs> I just don't, I, maybe it is an East Coaster thing. They're both East Coasters. I, I Alan has been um, all the almost 10 years that we've been together, he won't leave the house unless he's done a certain level of grooming. Like even to go get the mail, he doesn't want anyone to see him in an ungroomed state. And the other night we actually went out for my birthday where we were going to see real people and have real conversation with people we want to be friends with and we want to see again. And um, we were getting ready to go. And I asked, how do I look? He said, fine. And, uh, and I said, well, do you want to change into something? He said, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm just going to go the way that I am. <laughs> and that was the first time in almost 10 years of knowing him, I have ever seen him leave the house without first shaving and putting gel in his hair. I, I think the pandemic has finally broken him. Like, even Has it broken him or has it awoken him? Oh, well. So my attitude towards grooming, I've always been this way. I think I learned it from mom and dad and the fact that we kind of grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere for... And our mom, like, never wore makeup. Yeah, our mom doesn't own lipstick. I don't think she owns lipstick. Like, maybe I think she owns one tube. There might be, yeah, one tube of it. But... Yeah, we grew up kind of on a farm in the middle of nowhere and mom and dad did not give two. They were like, they were anti-groomers. It's like, oh, they, okay, wait, wait. <laughs> okay. They showered and they brushed their groomed. teeth. No, 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 no. You, no, they showered and they brushed their teeth, but not, they didn't go that extra mile. 
That extra they, they gr- you're acting you're acting like they didn't shower <laughs> they showered no, they were, okay showering they is were not clean really, hygiene there's a difference they, yes okay fine but no i feel like if you if someone was like wow this is your grooming's really shitty i'd be like i took a shower what do you want <laughs> fine like, <fuck> okay <laughs> but i think there was just a lot of pride in not living up to society's expectations certain things were seen as being like superficial and trying yeah. to well that was dad way yeah well it's both of that them was dad. i don't think that was mom i think mom was just like i don't care where are my cats yeah pretty much mom was too busy like making food happen and making sure all the cats were in one place plus what if they made themselves look good it wouldn't matter because all they were doing that day was going to clean out the chicken pen. So whatever nice thing they had done to their hair would have wound up being just covered in chicken shit anyways. So I, I have always been. They had functional, they were into functional grooming. Functional. No, no, not even that. In fact, like whenever we'd go visit grandpa, mom would have to basically wrestle dad to the ground with a pair of scissors to give him a haircut so that he wouldn't get yelled at by grandpa who was much more meticulous about grooming because he worked in an office. And now it explains why dad was so anti Yes, dad was rebelling against Hardcore. all things society related. Um, they were just like intentionally going, I'm trying to make it so that nobody will want to put me in an office. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, Seriously. I don't want to accidentally get hired to work in a cubicle. <laughs> Let me intentionally outgrow my hair and and never shave. And let me just drop a few extra. He shaves. He did shave. That's true. Let me drop a few extra globs of mustard onto the one oh. blue shirt that I own and wear every day. <laughs> I was so. Just, you know what? I was most impressed. I saw them recently and dad was wearing, he was wearing pants instead of shorts in winter. <laughs> and I'm like, good job. That's what it took. Good for him. And by shorts, I do mean a swimsuit. Yeah. I do yes. mean literal swimsuit bottoms because they're comfortable, apparently. They are. I mean, Sage, my best friend, who we featured on last week's podcast, my be- or no, the week before, uh, she called my dad the original hipster. He was like, he's a true hipster. He's like, he's like the the pure, fuck you society, you don't tell me how to live. He's not like the hipster where it's like, is my man bun straight? Because I worked really hard to look like I didn't care. Uh, Yeah, I guess you could say that. He's definitely working very hard to intentionally look like he is not trying to perform. He is okay. I'm sorry. He is not working hard to to look like he does. No, he just he just doesn't. He just does. And there's a beauty in that. And I find I I really find that I find a lot of joy in having in like dressing in a way that is functional even though I feel like society is like why are you wearing hiking boots I'm like well you never know (laughs) you never know I just I go out whenever I go out the only things 
I ever wear as my standard outfit. I have a, a closet full of clothes that don't get worn anymore because, you know, quarantine. And I go out and I'm wearing my yoga pants with my hiking boots, you know, and like a couple different layers on top because it's cold right now. And I'm like, okay, so now if I go out and I decide I want to go hiking, I can go hiking. I'm wearing my yoga pants so I can kick like if I need to, you know, I think, so, okay. I think things like heels, these, you know, heels and like tight skirts, although I do love them and I love wearing them. I'm like, how the fuck am I ever supposed to, you know, if like there is a zombie apocalypse, how am I supposed to defend myself? I mean, I guess you take the heel and you put it through the eye of the zombie. <laughs> then you have to rip your skirt. I remember years ago, seeing a news report that said that the the fastest runners on the planet were a group of people who did not wear shoes. Yeah. And um, yeah, because your foot is structured the way that it's supposed to be. So, you know, shoes are bullshit. Shoes <laughs> are like, I mean, that's just so funny because Sage and, sorry, no, Chris, Chris and I were talking about this, I think we had stopped recording, but I was showing her my hiking boots and she, she, we were talking about how the actual like barefoot is, is really important for, it's really important for your, for your structure, for your like physical structure and your foot communicates a lot with your body. So, you know, hiking boots like are, you know, really thick and big and tough. And they, you know, often your ankle stability is not built up because you're wearing these like nice ankle stabilizers. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, there's a really thick cushion between you and the earth. And that can actually be kind of problematic. Um, so I actually, once it, now, once it gets warmer and it's not, and it's not um, obviously so muddy. I do plan on maybe partaking in a bit of barefoot hiking, like taking off my shoes and doing a bit of barefoot hiking, which I don't, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I recommend that, but I, I want to try it because I used to walk around nature barefoot all the time when we lived in the country. Yeah. You know, a lot of people do that here too. Um, and I I actually don't have a problem doing it in the mud. In fact, in the mud, I have to walk barefoot because the only shoes that I ever put on anymore are flip-flops. And if it's really <laughs> muddy, the flip-flops are very slippery. And oh, all the they are so dangerous. Your shoes. Yeah. And so uh, when it's raining, I remember actually being here in a rainstorm and walking to the bus stop and I kept slipping on my flip-flops. And so finally oh I took off my flip-flops and I'm thinking like, I'm going to step on a rusty nail or a piece of glass. But uh, I walked, well, I walked the entire way to the bus stop and nary a broken nail nor a piece of glass made it into my foot because two reasons. One, I was looking out for it. And two, there's not as much litter around here because people respect the environment. And, and there's also just fewer people around using the roads and everyone uses the roads to walk barefoot. So I guess fewer people are out there shoving rusty nails into the sidewalk. Oh, my God. Um, so 
I want to go back to functional grooming. So what's interesting, <laughs> you know, our mother does, she is known for walking around barefoot inside, outside. And, you know, your, your feet are supposed to build up these tremendous calluses because they act as protection, right? So even if you did right. step on a piece of glass, you know, unless it was like a really, you know, unless it was really big and sharp, you know, hopefully your calluses would prevent you from it going in your foot. Um, I feel like so this is super intimate. This is the so podcast wait. where we're describing our mother's feet. Like there's just something about that to me is just like a little, a little bit I like how you beyond. chastise me when I interrupt you, but you interrupt me all the time. But I just, <laughs> I just go with it. I just go. In fact, I'm going to start taking a tally and be like, how many times yes. you interrupt me? Versus I interrupt you. And let's see who's really in the wrong. Keep going. So basically, I know that there are many, many different products out there to, you know, pumice your calluses and soften your feet. And you put your the lotion on your feet and then you put the socks on your feet and then you get your 40 to $50. I mean, these are LA prices, maybe $60 pedicures and everything, which is like fine. If you, you know, if you want to do that, I, even though I love to get, you know, I love to get a pedicure, of course, because they feel really nice. And then you look at your feet and you're like, they're so pretty. Um, it's, <laughs> it bothers me because then it's like, I don't want to do anything with my feet. Also, my feet are super tender. So I can't like do things with them. And that's, that's kind of like, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting a pedicure and doing that. But I find I just find a lot of, I find that, you know, you don't need to, I don't know what I'm saying. It sounds like you're saying something sexual about your feet. Like I'm not, you know, things with my feet, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I'm not into best, what's called best, best, uh, bastinado. It's foot fetish. Oh, I didn't. Okay. I didn't know there was a term. Of course there's a term. Yeah. Um, Be careful what you say around the expert. (laughs) Weird creep. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm not going to shame anyone who's into that because that's completely fine. As long as it's consenting adult foot, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's the title of this. A consenting adult foot that is not severed (laughs) from the person. You know, that's fine. Uh, uh, of all the let me tell you, that's okay. like pretty mild. I'm just gonna say, of course. Okay. Um, well, speaking of consenting adult feet, so so what have you been doing in quarantine? Like, how has it changed your grooming habits, and and what do you want different? So I, I still I love to shower and be clean and smell good because you know, of course, I'm a Virgo, and Although I don't take like, you know, 20 showers a day, like some people in my life, uh, my fiance takes, he <laughs> really enjoys showers. He really, he's a very clean, cleanly man. I like that. Um, but showering, brushing your teeth, sometimes brushing my hair. I'm not sure. You know, most of the time I'm just like, fuck that. And I just put it up. I walk around in my underwear all day and, uh, and when I go out, I just wear my most functional outfit. So I'm comfortable. And sometimes for fun, I'll do my nails and then those will get fucked up right away. And <laughs> I mean, I don't, 
I guess the thing is I have, I don't feel, even though it does, of course it feels good when I, when I do make an effort to look in a societally attractive way, uh, it, I just don't feel the need right now to do anything beyond pretty much pure function. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm even up to functional anymore because like, you know, in the olden times when we lived on a farm and then I went to, to school at UC Santa Cruz, which is just olden times. Wait, wait, you mean our <laughs> olden times? Yes, our olden times. Oh. Back when we were kids and we lived on this farm, there wasn't a whole lot of need for it anything you did for your hair or your nails or whatever was going to get fucked up when you went and cleaned out the chicken shit in the chicken pen. Um, but then, <laughs> then I went to UC Santa Cruz where, so I, I've lived more in the woodsy area. That's more where I identify with. So like, I have just never been the kind of person that needed to put on makeup to leave the house. Now that I'm in Costa Rica and it's pandemic, I it's just gotten even more that way. I was going to say worse, but I don't want to put a judgment on it. It's just more that way. Like, I do not care what I look. I care what I look like only when I'm in front of a mirror. Otherwise, I do not care anymore. I don't have the energy to care. It's too hot to care. I just put on... And everything here is so hot anyways. So it's just like, you know, I used to like buying clothes just because I it was something fun to do. And I liked putting on different outfits and seeing what looked good on me. But here it's like, no, my my job is to just wear a swimsuit every day. Clothing yeah. is the enemy. Clothing is just this thing so that it sounds makes like, it hotter. So it just sounds like you're also doing functional grooming and functional living and dressing. Well, I used to love taking hot baths and doing that that element of the grooming, like the hot bath and um, grooming as a form of self-care was really mm. nice. That's how I would end every week is like going to the spa and uh, and then coming home to shave my legs because you can't shave your legs at the spa. It was much more about <laughs> relaxation. But, um, yeah. but now, so here's the other additional problem we have because it's Costa Rica. It's super hot. Nobody has running hot water. I mean, that's not true. Some places have running hot water, but why, why do you need that? It's hot all the time. People want to go take cold showers, except me, even when it's a hundred degrees, I still want a hot shower. So I've basically just given up showers and baths since I've been here. What have you been doing to clean? Tell me you're still cleaning yourself. Like <laughs> at least like a cat, like just, you know, something. You know, the not, thing to, is, not to grooming shame you or hide you, but come on. I don't believe you're just living in your own filth. Um, well, there's a reason you can't smell me from over the Zoom. That's oh, the God. other thing, too. It's like, no, you that, are <laughs> bathing, liar. No, the thing is, like, I used to take hot baths just for enjoyment but now because that's been taken away like what I find is I will only take a shower like a real shower with soap 
um, like once a week if I'm, and oh I have my to God, you're going, force you're myself going into medieval. It. You're going medieval. I am going, you know what? Human beings survive for such a long time. We built castles. We built the Iron Maiden. We made swords. What? No, that is not something to brag about. Oh, we built these great torture devices. Good. And that's fucked up. <laughs> Point is, like, we've been living in our filth for a very long time. And, okay. Uh, I guess that was really judgmental of me. I guess. Okay. So, <laughs> I, okay. Because I know there are lots there are people who do not take showers every day or showers like they bathe in different ways. Um, and they do their, you know, their grooming habits in different ways. I guess I feel like, I feel like, you know, living on a farm, like how we did, I feel like I used to get a lot of shame about not being like pristine enough. So I think I'm a little triggered by, um, I don't want people to think that, you know, I'm like, I'm not like grooming well enough because I used, I used to get made fun of a lot for, you know, my curly hair being like snarled and this and that, which I mean, yeah, that didn't feel good. No, you all. definitely have it much worse off because you have all that curly, thick, curly hair, which takes a long time to make it look like it's been properly cared for. Yeah, Whereas with I me, still get shamed. I still get shamed to this very day. My, um, I won't name names, but someone I was, I had to do a little bit on a video, like a little interview thing. And the person told me, they're all like, Oh, you know, like, like your hair basically just looked so like unkempt and this and that. And it just like, I'm like, are we done? Like, can I just like be like, I mean, my hair was just kind of very natural. It was very, yes. very fucking natural. and. It just, it just feels like, you know, um, and I know like I have a lot of privilege, you know, being, being white and I know I'm like a white girl talking about my curly hair, but I still have curly hair. And yeah. I know that, um, you know, people of color face this, this kind of like discrimination about their hair tremendously, but, yes. um, it's really, it's really fucked up when, when someone's like, Oh, you just look so unkempt because you know, you have curly hair and it's just, it feels really shitty and I'm really getting sick of it. <laughs> Why? I mean, for me, my hair looks kind of gross and I have the opposite problem. It always looks flat and limp, except now that I'm in Costa Rica where the humidity is high, I finally have some wave and curl and body. So I love it, but it's also super hot. And so I just put my hair up in a ponytail every day and it's sweaty enough that it doesn't have too many flyaways and fuzzies and frizzies um so I kind of just look like I'm bald all the time it's not the best look on me but because <laughs> you have blonde because you have blonde hair <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much that is the case I mean just do the great the Grace Kelly thing she always has she always has her hair up and she looks I guess a little bald too but people seem to like that um, well, again, it kind of goes back to, I don't care anymore. Like there's five people that I know in this town. I see them all every day or every other day. Eventually they're going to see me looking unkempt because that's who I am. And you know what? None of us are trying to impress each other or win any beauty pageants down here. We're I, all just on the way to the beach. I will say this. Um, 
And I will say, and this is my own, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this, like this is a win, but I do feel when I put on makeup, I feel like I act in a way that's much more confident. I feel because in a way for me, I know people, you know, view makeup and it makes them feel different things. For me, when I put on makeup, I kind of feel like in a not in a not super negative way, I kind of feel like I'm wearing a mask and it feels very protective. Mm-hmm. And it feels like you can't even see the real me. I've like, I have this illusion. Um up. and I don't even I don't even wear a lot of makeup. Like it won't, it will just be like some lipstick and um mascara and maybe a little eyeshadow. And Oh, and also doing like putting some color on my brows because I have pretty light brows. Um, right. <laughs> and I I feel like even if someone can't see me, I feel like I will act in a more confident manner because I feel like I have this this mask on and like a shield in a weird yeah. way. Like it's shield, I feel shielded and protected. Well, oh, so uh, we we've ranted a little bit. Uh we've raved stark raving mad here and now that we're coming towards the end like what's what's the recommendation you want or the recommendation you want to give yourself like you to start paying more attention to your grooming habits just for the sake of feeling more confident i mean (laughs) i mean it's kind of like well is is it worth it is it enough for where it's worth it because i do love i do love makeup but it's such a whenever I put makeup on, I just feel like, Oh, I don't want to mess it up. So then it just makes me feel more tense. Right. And I don't well, like that. I like feeling, I like feeling like if I'm sweating, it's fine. I could just wipe my face. And uh, I I like that feeling. You spill something on your clothes. You're like, whatever. It's just like my workout clothes. <laughs> I don't like, I like, whenever I wear really nice stuff, if I like spill anything, I'm like, oh my God. And then I just feel really like, oh my God, I gotta like clean that. How am I gonna clean that? And it just makes me feel really uptight. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, like talking about all of this, I realize, you know, our bodies are meant to be used to take us places to do fun things and to do when- hardcore things. Hardcore not fun, things like running away well- from zombies. <laughs> they can be things that are fun, but they can also be things that are really useful, like mucking out a chicken stall and um, uh, and various other things like that. But yeah, when you're like really trying to make yourself look a certain way, then you have to stand still, basically. It's better for me when I think of the grooming as a form of self-care. So like, once a week because it's so much trouble for me to create a hot bath situation in our house I have to get out a um a child's wading pool and then boil water on the stove and then I get a rice cooker and I fill that with water and get that nice and hot and I pour all the hot water in and I create this very shallow little hot bath and I put on a mud mask and I put on a podcast or some music and light some incense and I just make it like a ritual of relaxation and I do all the shaving and the clipping and the this and the that. And then after like an hour, I feel much more relaxed and I feel more clean and I feel more, um, I don't know, just presentable and, and ready to go. So 
for me, that's kind of my recommendation is to be looking at it more like some time for self-care as opposed to something you have to do to make your present yourself presentable in the world because you don't have to do it for those reasons anymore most of the time. Very true. I mean, not right now, hopefully in the future. Yes. In the future. <laughs> Although I do think, I do think, you know, obviously I know most people say that this quarantine will kind of, you know, it's going to have a lasting effect in various ways, especially, you know, in our culture. Um, I do think that I'm, I'm kind of hoping that we'll see a move away from the extreme Instagram beauty things where people like, you know, it's like, I'm going to the gym. So let me put on my fake eyelashes. No shame on if you do that or anything. I mean, I'll judge you. But because if I wore, if I did that, they would just melt right off my fucking face. So, Cause I sweat a lot at the gym. I don't like, I, I just like start and I just start sweating. Um, so I, I just kind of, I'm really getting sick of this Kardashian. Let's contour the fuck out of everything. And like, you know, let's make it look like we're all going on stage for a musical, but you're just walking around target. If you like makeup, if you love makeup, again, no shame. It's a way to express your creativity. If it makes you feel good, that's great. But I don't like the pressure that I feel. And that I feel like a lot of people, especially when I was living in LA, this, I felt like pressure, like I was really being harshly judged for not wearing makeup. Like, ew, what's wrong with you? Got it. I've told you a little bit about <laughs> my grooming. And I give you a recommendation about, um, you know, doing it as a bit of self-care and a bit of enjoyment for yourself, even though it's not absolutely necessary because nobody's seeing us anymore. Uh, what about you? What, what can you recommend? Take a shower. I mean, honestly, the other day I was so depressed and I was like, I can't function and do life. I took a shower and I was all of a sudden like, oh, I can do things in my life. It is amazing how taking a dang shower and giving yourself that that little bit of self-care, like, hey, I'm taking care of myself, will make will often make you feel like you can take care of some other things in your life. That's what I recommend. That little bit, that little inch of like, hey, brush your teeth. Wow, I think now I can I can handle going through the next day without absolute wallowing in sadness. <laughs> There's a really great quote that's attributed to the, the writer Isaac Dennison, who I just found out Isaac Dennison is a female writer who was writing under the name, a male name, um, so she could get her work published. But anyways, there's this quote that's something like the cure for anything is salt water, either a swim in the ocean or sweating or tears. And I well, think, I mean, I'm sorry, but potentially problematic thing I'm about to say, trigger warning. Um, who would have ever thought a man would have said something that like that? <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is you so know. obviously like, I mean, not that men haven't said and written many beautiful, wonderful, amazing, you know, statements, but 
that's so that's like the heart of a mother. Definitely. I mean, I will say though, men do go out into the ocean and they do sweat and occasionally they cry. Like it says in the big Lebowski, strong men also cry, Mr. Lebowski. Strong men also cry. Yeah, I never saw that movie. Thanks for ruining it. Oh my God. Have you never seen The Big Lebowski? I'll get on it. I'll get on it. Okay, no, wait. Say the quote again and say the author again because I, I really I really want to digest it more. Go ahead. Okay. Denison. Yeah, I'm totally going to give credit to my friend and co-host of the podcast, the Poetry Salon cast, Kelly Grace Thomas, because she used this quote to open her fantastic book of poems, Boat Burned, um, out from Yes, Yes Books. Go ahead and get it. Uh, But um, the quote is something like, the cure for anything is salt water. The ocean, uh, the ocean, sweat or tears. Mm. God. Yeah. Oh, okay. So let me give you the actual quote. So the quote is the cure for anything is salt water, sweat, tears, or the sea by Isaac Dennison, who was actually was really named something Trump. else. Who was Isaac Dennison? It was really a woman named Karen Blixen. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, there's so much. In all three ways, those things are cleansing, um, emotionally speaking. Like, after a good cry, like, after a good cry, I just feel so much better so much better and I feel it's different but there's like that similar release after a good sweat session like you know anything that makes me um anything that makes me sweat from effort not like oh it's so goddamn hot you know that doesn't feel good that just makes me feel enraged um, what about what about a sauna does that make you feel good Feels good, but it doesn't. No, it, it doesn't give me a release. Okay, like it needs to be. You know what? It just needs. It needs to. It needs to be a release of like fluid through effort. You know, like sex, exercise, yes. crying. Uh, so basically, I think yeah. the best way to feel good would be to run until you cry, and then go take a shower. In the ocean. In the ocean. Uh, <laughs> Under a waterfall and then dive <sighs> into the ocean. You know, about an hour's drive from where we are, there is this amazing waterfall that mm. Alan and I went to shortly before the pandemic. And it was like nothing I've ever experienced before. Like, it, you know, just a billion tons of water hurdling over the rocks down to you and you're all under the waterfall in nature surrounded by trees and everything's green. It's like bathing on the inside of an emerald. It was amazing. That sounds so beautiful. I just want to let you know that there are also many, many waterfalls in North Carolina. So you don't have to worry about your lack of waterfalls when you come here. 
<laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Now that sounds incredible. Um, yeah, water is where it's at, y'all. Water is where it's at. But of course, if you do go out hiking in the woods afterwards, you're probably going to want to come home and take yourself a normal shower. No, no, I want to smell of the earth and the woods. Actually, what I, I don't know why, um, I have been known to sometimes do things a little oddly. Uh, yesterday I, and this is, this is pretty frequent for me, actually yesterday I was finally, I had enough energy and wherewithal to go on a hike and I took a long hot shower before my hike and like scrubbed everything. And I was nice and fresh so that I would present myself to the woods nice and fresh and new so that I could soak in their love and that felt right. Did the woods appreciate it? Did all the woodland creatures come out and start sniffing you and telling you you smelled like raspberries? Mm. Actually, I have my new body wash is white peach and jasmine. So. <laughs> hey, on a totally different, well, actually not a totally different topic. Um, what are you using for your hair right now? Are you still using water? No water is you have some of the curliest hair in the world and some of the most difficult hair to manage. Tell me how you're managing it right now. Frankly, I feel like you can see me and you know, I'm not, (laughs) uh, I, that I'm going for that like medieval, whatever look, (laughs) I'm going for that medieval, whatever look, um, no, you're not. No, because the medieval, you know, whatever look was still like your hair was in a braid and probably dampened down with sweat or grease or whatever. You've got more of this Viking thing going on. Like your hair is pulled back enough that it keeps you out. It keeps the hair out of it, your face so that you can see your enemies coming and um, mm-hmm. not get distracted or have hair in your face. <laughs> to prevent you from seeing who you're throwing an axe at. That's I do like- really, I do really love like pulling my hair back and being like, get out of my way. <laughs> I do love, you're right. I do have more of that Viking thing going on. Um, I just like, you know, like we talked about earlier, functional, functional, whatever. The hair's clean, whatever. Do I need to use seven products to make it look perfect? Whatever. I don't give a fuck. So you're not like right now. turning your hair into a um, a mayonnaise salad or anything? You're not like putting eggs and mayonnaise and vinegar no. and stuff no. into it? At not at the moment. I'm sure once quarantine is over, I'll start giving a fuck and being like, oh, let me just make sure that I have my curl enhancing smoothie so that my my hair like turns into perfect little ringlets. It's a lot of work. It's, I would, I would love if I could just brush my hair and be all like, yay, done. But if I brush my hair, it turns into a poodle sized poop. <laughs> so I can't even do that. So I've just let it kind of be. Um, what are you doing? What am I doing? Well, actually now that I'm not, Costa Rica does not have, I do not have a lot of access to the kinds of all natural hair care products that I would have used before. So I looked you have up a whole four. You have like a whole freaking jungle. So 
I have a hair care specialist, a hair care specialist. I have a friend who is um, a hair care specialist who told me that you're not supposed to really use anything that has silicone in your hair. And almost all of the shampoos have silicone. And when you use products that have silicone in them, they, they help maintain, they help tamp down the frizz, but they also like collect in your hair and weigh it down. And I've always had this really super brittle hair that gets split ends. If my hair is like, you know, below my chin, it's, limp and it has split ends and it doesn't matter what I do with it. It just is gross and uh, looks like a washed out dish rag on my head. So ever since my friend Julie told me to stop using typical shampoo, which has um, the silicone in it, my hair has gotten so much fuller and lustrous mm. and people Fabio when I walk down the street especially because uh, of the raging muscles I know they're all like Fabio you have gotten really flabby and you got breast implants but uh <laughs> also your dick has shrunk tremendously huh. the only thing about Fabio was his hair but um yeah, ever since uh, living in Costa Rica, so I don't have access to the hair care product that I was using. So I looked online for like, how do you, you know, wash your hair all natural? And what I found is like super easy. Um, you put some baking soda at the roots of your hair, you wet your hair, then you put a little baking soda at the roots of your hair, and then you use apple cider vinegar to rinse the rest of it. And that cleans your hair without putting any silicone or any unnatural products in it. And ever since I've been doing that, my hair has continued to be clean and it washes the extra sweat and grease and grime out of it, but it hasn't weighed my hair down. It doesn't make it brittle. It doesn't, um, I haven't even seen a single split end since I've been doing this. So there you go. How often do you do it though? So baking soda, like a baking soda paste, I'm thinking. You just put some baking soda in your hand and add a little bit of water until it's pasty. To, to the ends of your hair and then you rinse and then you do an apple cider vinegar mixed with water rinse. You, you do the baking soda on the roots of your hair. And oh. oh, for some reason I thought you said at the ends and I was like, that's weird. Oh, okay, okay. So no, the face of your hair. <laughs> How often do you do that? Um, in all actuality, I really, because we talked about this already. So this is part of why I only really do any kind of grooming once a week now, because it takes, it takes a little bit of effort. I mean, not so much the yeah. washing of the hair, but, you know, it takes a little bit of time to do that. And so I usually only do it like once a week when I have my weekly hot bath, as opposed to my like daily cold shower. We're both living medieval style. Love it. Um, yeah, we're totally both living in medieval. But you're still like fancy medieval because you're all like, I got a weekly bath, motherfuckers. Like that's fancy. Oh, whatever. You have hot running water. I do have hot running water. God. I mean, it feels pretty good. I went for a swim when, in the when ocean I take a shower. I went for a swim in the ocean this morning and I got to be with like the fish 
and watch pelicans dive and be one with nature. And that mm. was my this morning. But now I have to go rinse some of the salt out of my hair. No, it needs to, you need to like soak it in to cleanse your spirit or whatever Gwyneth Paltrow says about things. She is well, definitely her own cult leader. She's another, she's a cult leader. You hate her so much. I don't, I hate the way she's capitalizing off of wellness culture. I find yes. that despicable. Even if she drinks her own Kool-Aid, which she probably does. She's probably like, I believe in all this. I'm like, no, this is, but this is serious. Like, <sighs> I find it gross. Okay. Well, listen, on that note, I'm going to go wash some salt out of my hair. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to spend the rest of the day outside putting the salt and sand back into it. 